Welcome to the Evolution 2.0 podcast, where we explore the intersection of art, technology, business, biology, and spirituality. Here, you'll discover new trends in evolution that are changing the way we think about everything. This is your host, Perry Marshall, author of Evolution 2.0, 80-20 Sales and Marketing, and guides to Ethernet, Google, and Facebook. I'm founder of the Evolution 2.0 Prize, a quest for the missing link between earth science, the information age, and life itself. Let's join the conversation now. Hello, Planet Perry. Perry, good to be with you today. Thanks for joining me. I'm really, really excited to be talking about Azra (laughs) winning us in Vancouver. Yeah, and uh, I'll, I'll just put a caveat out there. I'm unable to travel, and I'm a little bit jealous, but um, you and I had met for dinner the other night and talked quite extensively about this, and um, I had some questions and brought up some good points, so I want to kind of talk about that a little bit and share that. So basically, Planet Perry, thank you for listening in on our dinner conversation, and we're just going to we, – we agreed to continue this on Zoom to – kind of help you get a sense of what this is all about. So for those that don't know Azra Perry, what's the two-minute elevator speech uh, that you would give to say, hey, who is this person that you're introducing people to? There are very, very, very few people in the medical profession, let alone the cancer business, that can get away with telling it like it is. Mm-hmm. I read Osra's book three years ago. It's called The First Cell. And so I'm reading the book and it's got all these stories about patients and how the medical system is abusing patients and this is a crime. But at the same time, like, wait a minute. She is a chaired professor at Columbia University. She is a celebrated academic. She's published a bunch of papers. So she's in the system and she's a successful doctor, like how did both of these things happen at once? Right. Because what most people don't realize is most oncologists are just reading off of a recipe book and putting cancer patients on an assembly line. That is what oncology mostly is. And I got her on a podcast interview and I said, how did you get away with writing this book? Why isn't your head on a stick somewhere. And she said, because they know every word I said was true. And they know if they punch me, I will punch right back. There are so few people who have risen to such a high level in the medical profession that they can actually do that and get away with it. And she's a truth teller. And that interview was a love fest because I completely understood what she was trying to do. And not only that, She was already completely simpatico with the cells are intelligent, cancer evolution paradigm. In fact, it was on that call that she agreed to come and speak and be the keynote speaker at the Cancer and Evolution Symposium that we held three years ago. And that has turned into a scientific society of 3,500 members. And her doing that was an important part of getting the thing off the ground because she's very well known in the medical community. And I don't have time to go into her whole resume, but there's a little piece of her story that's very important. She started 30 years ago 
collecting tissue samples from every one of her leukemia patients, which means drilling into the bone marrow, taking bone marrow samples, which doesn't everybody know this is very painful. Extremely, right? All of her patients consented to do that. And she she put all those tissue samples in freezers in storage and as of a few years ago, she was doing a million dollar fundraisers in Hugh Jackman's apartment in New York City to pay for the storage of those tissues. And a year or two ago, she got a major medical company to start sequencing all that data and correlating it with medical histories. If you read her book, you discover this is one of those rare doctors who has not shut off the connection between her head and her heart. She's extremely smart. She's a brilliant doctor. She's a brilliant technician. She's a brilliant strategist, but she also emotionally connects to patients. And if you go to Evolution 2.0 website and look at the podcast, look at our YouTube channel or listen to the podcast that I've done with her, you will hear that loud and clear. Yeah. I think it is because she she's kept her brain but she's kept her heart and they're both going and both connected to each other that she has insights on cancer that literally nobody else has and she has figured out how to detect cancer at stage negative one so kevin and ham is a entrepreneur friend of mine and we did a fundraiser last year and kevin wanted to do a fundraiser again this year and i wouldn't have even I confess, I wouldn't have even bothered to ask because I, I I would have just expected a no. But Kevin asked Ozra if she would come. And to my surprise, she said, yes, fly all the way from New York City to Vancouver and come and join us for a fundraiser. And when she said yes to that, I said, okay, Ozra, will you give the first day just to talk to the Planet Perry people? I want to have a fireside chat. It's not going to be turned into a podcast. It's not going to be turned into a video. And I want them to hear from the horse's mouth the real story of, A, how the medical industry really is, but B, this almost skunkworks effort to detect cancer at stage negative one and how you are beating the system at its own game without trying to take the system out, which is not possible. This is such a rare conversation. I can't imagine that it's just going to happen again. I think coming to this is like meeting Nelson Mandela before he was famous or meeting Mother Teresa 40 years ago or, or something like that. And so... I'm just trying to get everybody I can to come. It's $1,500. The money goes to the cancer research. There's not going to be this big choreographed pitch. It's right. a timeshare salesman thing. It's like, it's not one of those. It's, I want you in the room with this woman. I want you to look her in the eye. I mean, this is not going to be a large number of people. I don't know, 10, 20, 30, not more than 40 people. However many people it is, it's a small group and everybody gets to listen in. Everybody gets to 
ask questions, and everybody gets to have this experience. And whoever you are, wherever you come from, it's going to do you good to be in the room, and nobody can predict how or why, but sometimes you just need to show up and let the magic happen. Sure. So a couple things about Azura, at least one thing. You have often said that change in an industry most often comes from the outside. It certainly takes a special kind of person to start change from the inside. And Azra is one of those people. Yeah. Why, why would you say she's been so successful or at least to the point where she's at now? Why is she able to start making change from the inside when it's so hard for others to do that? She's got a bunch of not super obvious things that help her do that. First of all, I don't really think of her as an insider. I think of her as an outsider. She's a Muslim. She's a woman. Hmm. She's from Pakistan. And she started out interested in the real heroes of evolution, like Lynn Margulis and Barbara McClintock. She was not schooled in the traditional American dreck Okay. That is normal evolutionary theory. And then she, she was trained by a guy who later became her husband, and she's been a celebrated oncologist. And so you have to appreciate she has to practice medicine within very narrow constraints as required by law. She will be the first to tell you how ashamed she is that she is giving leukemia patients the same medications today as she was in 1977. Hmm. But she does not operate or think or culturally move the same way that most people do. Also, I think just to to be candid, because she's female, because she's brown skinned, because she's a feminist, because she's an Ivy League professor from New York City. The media has been extremely kind to her in ways Hmm. that probably wouldn't to some white guy. And that has helped her book and her book sales and her recognition. And she knows everybody in the cancer business and everybody knows her. And, and people know better than to tangle with her in public. And so, like I said, the the scathing indictment of the cancer industry in her book, combined with the extreme level of compassion for her patients. And so when we first got acquainted, there was just this instant sense of recognition, because I'm an outsider, I'm not one of them either. We just totally understood what each other were doing, and we've been friends ever since. And uh, she has started a company called First Cell Therapeutics, and we've given a, some advice and consulting to this company. One of my colleagues, uh, Toby, in the UK gave her a piece of advice that I think directly led to her being able to get $150 million of funding uh, from a venture group. And she is seriously going to take this thing to clinical trials and knock out cancer literally at stage negative one. And so like I can see how this is going to play out much the way I could see in, in 2004 that Google ads were like infomercials and that the, the cost of, you know, the cost of doing this was going to be way more expensive and that 
entire like these entire fields were going to develop around a new technology it was so obvious i could see 10 years into the future very easily this is the same kind of thing i can see it's it's not that we're going to cure cancer because i don't think that's exact like it's not like you're just going to kill it dead and and like we got the pill that's not the way it's going to work the way it's going to work is we're going to figure out how to detect it really, really, really early when it's easy and cheap to do something about yeah. it. Yeah, I, I think the the picture I've always had, Perry, and it's not a direct correlation because I don't know how the testing would go, but it's akin to going once you hit 40 going and 50 going for your colonoscopy. Like yeah. there's no substitute for just going in and getting a look. So I think what what I have always sensed with this is there's going to be some sort of procedure that you would do at your annual checkup that you would go through to see, hey, do these particular cells exist or does it pass the parameters of you are on the brink of potentially getting cancer and you're attacking it and you and it's it's for people to proactively look after their health and it's like, hey, you are in stage negative one here's what we're going to do to prevent it. Similar to you get the colonoscopy, they find a polyp, they get the polyp out, colon cancer is avoided in that situation. Is that what you guys are, that's your vision? Yes, yes. And then you're going to figure out what causes this condition to happen in the first place, which is probably stress. And I could see a a day coming when we have way elevated ability to figure out your kidneys are stressed and we can figure out why and we can suggest what changes you need to make in your diet or your lifestyle in order to just make this go away. Let's just back back away from this potential cancer threat and work around it. I think this is what the medicine of the future is going to look like. And it's all based on the presumption that cells and tissues are very smart. They're smarter than any oncologist. They're smarter than any doctor or any college professor. And we're going to work with that intelligence instead of either ignoring it or just trying to uh, circle the wagons, as it were. So this, this is a very exciting time. And and look, anybody who's been touched by cancer, like whether you've had cancer yourself or if, if you know your mom or your dad or your sister or your brother, you're going to have so much of a better understanding of what you're dealing with and how to move through it after you've spent a day with Osra. And then the next day, we have a health summit with some people that Kevin has handpicked. And so, like, so think of it as like uh, $1,500 worth of conference and seminar worth every penny, plus a priceless conversation that you probably never get a chance to have any other time in your life. So let's break this down. So Kevin, this is this is a Kevin Ham event. You're kind well, of going there to Kevin and Perry event. Kevin okay. is organizing the bike ride. And, okay. And I'm organizing the Osra thing, and gotcha. then we're doing a, a health summit the next day. Okay. So people who commit to go, they're going to go. The first night's going to be the fireside chat, and then the next day will be the health summit. So they they're essentially getting that whole program if they come aboard. Yeah. And the first day is all day. It's not just an evening. It's a whole day with Osra. All right. So that that was probably one of the questions I had. It's a full day. It's not just a couple hours in the evening. It's a full day. That's right. Which is which is pretty amazing. And 
literally there's going to be just discussion and it sounds like there's opportunity for the audience to interact with you, with mm -hmm. Azra, ask questions. So obviously then for people that are really in tune with health topics, yeah. um, this is going to be important for them or at least interesting to them just from the standpoint of what Azra is doing and then what, you know, I'm, I'm certain Kevin's putting people on stage that are Yes. Really dynamic as well um, yes. in, in this space, forward thinking, things like that. So I would say anyone who is interested in these topics is actively doing things to manage their health, proactively work on things like trying to live longer, prevent disease. These are the type of people going to be there. So, Perry, the, the $1,500, just to kind of get that question out of the way, is that money all going towards uh, the research is it is it offsetting some of the cost, and then part of that's going towards just if you could clarify that. There's some cost to booking a facility and feeding people, and all the money beyond that is going to the cancer work itself. And okay. so you can feel 100% great. Uh, my 501c3 pays me a salary of a hundred dollars a month. Okay, so. <laughs> so uh, I'll still get my hundred dollars a month. Okay. I'm not, this is not going into my pocket and we are feeding this into cancer research and programs that are bringing scientists together and it's creating the interdisciplinary stir fry of scientists talking to each other in addition to funding the research itself. Um, I've introduced Azra to major scientists that she did not know before and vice versa. And there, there, there is medical research happening now because Science Research 2.0 made those introductions. Yeah, so let, let's talk about that. I, I think people are familiar with this, but you have a whole nother business, but you mentioned it. it's a charitable organization. It's a non-for-profit so when people are going, they're they're supporting your 5013C. Yes. And they're supporting Azra's work because so we are right now we're funding three projects. We're funding a project that detects the relationship between cortisol and cancer, which mm. nobody's ever properly done. Cortisol is a stress hormone. We're funding Mike Levin's work of inducing and reversing cancer in cells and Azra work of detecting cancer at stage negative one. So we're dealing with the stress before the cancer. We're dealing with the stage negative one to stage one transition of the beginning of cancer. And we're funding research that reverses cancer in its early stages and gets a cancerous cell to revert back to a normal cell. So I believe we are focusing on the three most important steps of cancer, which 90% of cancer research is focused light years later when it is frankly too late to do anything about. Right, right. We are focusing on the real levers. So this is very different than contributing to the American Cancer Society. Completely <laughs> different. And we are we are funding stuff that the traditional medical establishment won't fund because the incentives are frankly aligned to perpetuate the problem. Yeah, the systems and the feedback mechanisms are are optimized for different variables. Right. So this is what you're doing is what most planet 
Perry people can appreciate because yeah. we are a planet of misfit toys. Yes. And we we are quite often on the outside in the outskirts of our industry. And yes. so it's no surprise to us that as you went to tackle this religious question about evolution, you ended up in the cancer space and yes. probably never foresaw where it was going. But no. here you are, an electrical engineer that happens to be a marketing expert, knee deep, neck deep, maybe over your head a little bit in this mm -hmm. cancer space and doing things that you probably never foresaw yourself doing and meeting people that none of us on Planet Perry would have ever met. And now here's a chance for you to kind of take people over here that are interested in health, interested in spirituality, interested in business. You're taking all that and applying it in, into this space. So it's yes. kind of remarkable. And knowing you for the last, gosh, 15 years, Perry, we, we had no idea that you were you were entering into this space and do that. However, what we talked about at dinner, which I want to kind of hit now, is you have had this openness and, a, and have made yourself available to experiences where you allow yourself to get thrown in situations that are outside of your comfort zone and challenge you and then also put you in a space where you're meeting people that have different backgrounds than you, different education than you, know things that you have never even studied. So talk a little bit about like why did you start doing that years ago? When did that start? And what I want to get at is why this would be important for us maybe we're not interested particularly in like oh like i'm not interested in solving cancer however i want people to understand the experiences you put yourself through and what it's allowed you to do in your life that you never expected that you would get to do i kind of have this belief that if you are willing to take a machete to your own comfort zones maybe God or the universe doesn't have to. <laughs> like, I, I just think th there are times when the powers that be somehow know that people need a kick in the ass and so they get one. And I think that happens when people get complacent. And I just always had this sense that you can never get complacent. One of the ways that you resist that, that I resist becoming complacent is I say yes to anything that I think looks like an important, worthwhile thing. Like, unless I have a really good reason to say no, like there, there came a time about 15 years ago in the evolution 2.0 story with my prize in the book and the biological evolution stuff where I realized you're either going to say no and stay comfortable or you're going to say yes and you're going to walk through a door that you know is dangerous, you know is hazardous, but you really do not know what's on the other side. And I just remember making this very conscious decision, I'm going to say yes to this. Hmm. And a couple months later, I started writing the book Evolution 2.0. I didn't know it was going to take six years. I didn't know it was going to take seven years to get the investors together for the Evolution 2.0 prize. I just knew I needed $10 million. And I knew I was pretty sure if I put this prize together, I will get some people to take me seriously. 
because I, I have something to say, even if they think I'm a nobody. And so I did that. And so I've developed this habit of just saying yes to stuff. And so three and a half years ago, I get this email from James Shapiro and he says, I want you to introduce you to Frank Laukin and Henry Hang. We wanted to do a cancer and evolution symposium in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Will you help us? I just listened to my gut instinct, which said, say yes. Yes, Jim, whatever you want. And who could have possibly predicted that three and a half years later, we would have a entire scientific society with 3,500 members and it would be part of the American Association of Cancer Research. And so I just keep saying yes to stuff and it keeps bringing more and more and more and more interesting people. And you, you have to appreciate the level of people that this is bringing in. These are some of the best people in the entire medical profession these are some of the smartest medical people alive. Mm-hmm. And we get it, get you in a room with them for $1,500. It's a steal. And there's no way to know. I don't know what you're saying yes to. There will be people who show up and they're like, I'm going to write a million dollar check. There will be people that can do that and that will do that. There'll be other people that couldn't possibly write a million dollar check. Maybe right. they'll write a $500 check. Whatever you do, but the, nobody can predict who you're going to meet, what you're going to discover. And when, when who comes to something like this? Interesting people, I promise. Like my favorite professor in college, he told me, Perry, the most interesting people are in town are the ones at the country club. And I was like, what? I thought those people were like boring and stuffy, like, you know, pretentious, like, narcissist. Right. Yeah, I thought they're Mr. Howell on Gilligan's Island. No, 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 no. You got that all wrong. No, the most interesting people are the ones at the club. This is a country club of a different kind. This is an Evolution 2.0 club. It's a Perry Marshall Planet Perry club. You are going to meet interesting people. I think it's interesting, Perry. The whole evolution project started. It was just you and Brian. <laughs> you set out to prove to Brian that God exists. That's that's essentially it. Essentially. Nobody else, right? Nobody else in the world. Like it was like, all right, I'm gonna tackle this problem. And then you 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 put yourself out there, you wrote this to Brian, but you ended up putting it out public. You ended up sharpening your your skills as a debater you've gotten known in this community it led you to the book so when when you said yes you were saying yes to something very small it's a pebble that dropped in the lake and now you're talking about like yes this has led me to meeting the top medical people in the world sometimes that happens overnight most times what happens is you say a small yes to a small project and say well if nobody else is going to do it damn it i'll do it yeah. And that's what it's led you to. And so, you know, the other thing we chatted about, you saying yes to things. People should know, if they don't know this already, you're an introvert. <laughs> it's not like you enjoy necessarily are, are comfortable walking into a room all the time. You have to kind of turn on the charm, right? You have this alter ego, 
right? You would much rather spend time alone or spend time with really close friends and have that kind of conversation. So you are jumping on your comfort zone every time you walk into one of these rooms. I know that about you. But you also have a spouse <laughs> and, and frankly, business associates that help you say yes to a lot of things. Yes. Right. You, you have a support system that is like, yes, Perry, go do this. So even when you say no, and it's usually your mind saying no, you've got your, your, the people that love you are going, yes, Perry, go. And so you can be this for some people, which is like, look, <laughs> if nobody else is going to give you permission to go, if you're not giving yourself permission to go, you should go because I say so. So I just want people to understand that about you if they don't know it already. Like this stuff does not come easy for you. And I know you're not particularly comfortable at this point of your life being considered an expert in the field of evolution and cancer. Are you? Well, certainly not cancer. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I guess I could play cancer expert on TV. Yeah. Well, you slept at a Holiday Inn Express last night. So yeah, there and and it's also not comfortable trying to fill seats at a tiny little event in Vancouver either. Like, right? Not really what I wanted to do when I got out of bed this morning. But but what I do know is magic things will happen if we get people in the room. So let's get them in the room and let's let's have it. You know, maybe someday it'll be big enough where I don't have to go email all my friends and, Hey, Bob, will you, you know, will, will you do a zoom recording? <laughs> and can we, can we talk about this? We got to get some people to show up. Well, this is too small. And I, I gotta, I gotta do this myself right now, but right. it's, it's a really great thing to be a part of. And, and I got to tell you, like watching this cancer evolution thing take off in the last few years and the things that are actually being done, the lab work that is happening, it's astonishing. Yes. I, I feel like a bulldog on the front end of a Mack truck. Like I'm just I'm just this little icon on this 18 yeah. wheel. Yeah. Here's what typically happens, Perry. We we obviously work together real closely. We we just worked this morning on a sales video. And what do we talk about? We talk about what's in it for me, what are the big benefits, how am I going to get people to sign up? There isn't a big reveal at the end of this particular promotion. There's only a couple of things that we can promise you. Number one is you're going to have an amazing intellectual, probably spiritual, social experience, okay? If you decide to go to Vancouver to see Perry and Azra, you are doing this for selfish reasons, which is I'm going there to be stimulated. All right. Number one. The other thing we know, Perry, is we spend a lot of time and money putting people into seminars and high-end coaching programs. But the secret is, Perry, that you and I know that most of the magic happens after the meeting, in the bar, in the restaurant. Yes. Okay, let's let's just be honest, because what actually ends up happening is you meet people, you get inspired by people. For instance, I've been a member of Roundtable. Christian Simpson was a member of Roundtable. We last met face to face in January or February of 2020. Yes. 2020. Okay. The world stopped. And we didn't have a chance to to reconnect. And we literally fell apart. We hadn't seen or talked to each other in years. 
we end up having dinner the night after the conference. And I realized that Christian has a solution to something that I've been asking the universe to provide me. And he literally drew it on a piece of, he actually took his napkin, turned it over and drew it. That's what this is about. You you put yourself in situations where it's like, you, you make the intention and say, I'm going to go there to have this experience and I am going to sit next to somebody or I'm going to go up to somebody and I'm just going to meet. I guarantee you the type of people that get into these rooms are interesting people doing interesting things. And most of the people, as you know, if you've been around Planet Perry for a long time, are not broadcasting how awesome they are. In fact, <laughs> they're probably some of the most understated people you could ever meet. This is, well, I'm not going to name names. <laughs> there are other conferences you go to where there is quite a lot of posturing going on. And there's there's a lot of that. There is... In fact, we have to encourage people to posture at planetary events. It's yeah. okay. Okay, we're in roundtable. The microphone's not on. We're not recording this. You can go ahead and admit that you had a successful launch of your product. Or, like, <laughs> we have to drag this stuff out of people, right? <laughs> so what, what I'm promising for Perry is that I guarantee if you go, you are going to be surrounded by interesting people that are probably doing things in the dark, outside of people's interest. And you're also going to meet people that are doing things that are quite ordinary to them that you're going to look at and go, holy cow, I can't believe you're doing that. And who knows, maybe you're working on something. Maybe you've got a question you've been pondering. Maybe the person you meet or Ozer herself or Perry himself will, will give you the answer that you've been seeking. I have found, Perry, and you know this too, that the worst place to get answers is sitting in the seats that we're sitting in right now. <laughs> you are not going to solve you are not going to solve your personal or business problems sitting in the seat where you sit down and do your work every day. I get answers when I get outside in the morning and walk. I get inspired when I go to events that do I have like I got to drive out there, I got to get on a plane. Well, we always find out. We always go it was worth it. And so I wanted people to understand how special this was. And again, it's like, I'm trying to even reconfigure right now the, so I could be in a room like this. Again, this is something that is completely for you. It's completely for you to have an experience. And it's something Perry has done over and over. And it's a, it's a unique opportunity for you to, number one, help out a really good cause that is doing things that are actually rogue, that are guerrilla, Right. They are outside of the norm, which is where all of us live here on Planet Perry. And so you know where your money's going and you know the kind of cool things that are happening. And you could actually put money into something that is going to affect the world in the future. And we know this. And you're going to be put in a room where you're going to meet some really interesting people that are outside of your norm. They're probably not marketers necessarily. You may meet some scientists and other people like take the chance. Perry, we're asking people, a lot of people that are this side of the Mississippi, it's a long flight to Vancouver. Yeah. You got to cross the border. You know, there, there's a lot of things, a lot of hoops you got to jump through, but things that end up being worthwhile often have a little bit of difficulty in the front end. So this is a unique experience. And Perry and I just thought as, as we were talking through the emails are fantastic, but they just don't really capture the emotion of this. And so I'm glad we got a chance, Perry, to 
really dig into the emotion of this because this is something you really, really care about. Not that you don't care about other things, but like you generally care about this and you generally love these people. And you're just like, how can I get more people to know Azra and more people to get eyeballs? Um, because the more publicity she gets, the more attention and energy she gets, the the more quickly her work can move through the the pipeline and we could see this reality that you that you so vividly mapped out for us. Thank you. Uh, wonderful conversation. That, thanks for pulling this out of me and and understanding what this is all about. Because yeah. You know, and so, Perry, uh, obviously, people have seen the emails. Is is there is there a direct page they can go to if they're listening to this? Evo2.org slash Vancouver. E-V-O number two dot org slash Vancouver. Sign up and come. Yeah, we hope we see you all there. Thank you, Perry. Appreciate uh, you. this. Is, this is a good conversation as always is. Until next time, this is the Evolution 2.0 podcast, bridging science, technology, business, and the big questions. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe on iTunes or on your preferred player. If you like the show, rate us on iTunes. Join our email list and social media at CosmicFingerprints.com. Evolution 2.0